0: Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. First of all, Happy New Year, and I hope you all had a great holiday season. Mine was pretty good. Uh, Rang in the new year in sort of a unique way, and that's really what this is about today. Um, So yeah, the only way that you're ever gonna get me to stay up all night is if it involves a running event. You know, I will happily work like at an aid station or pace my friends or run a night race, doesn't really bother me that much okay that's I'm weird and I am not a night person by nature so as the new year rang in I started a six-hour relay shift at the snowdrop ultra 55 hour race and relay in retrospect it probably wasn't the wisest choice as most people on relay teams ran two and a half to three hours at a stretch and then they took a rest so and that also meant that most of them were running and uh you know i have never i don't think i've ever consistently run you know more than a couple of hours at a time so um, without throwing at a walk break um, but anyway i digress i also live about three hours from the venue so i got in touch with the team captain and asked her if i could do an all-in-one shift or a couple of three-hour shifts based kind of closely together so i didn't have to sit around too long in between And I also offered to run at night because, you know, I've done this a few times, so it doesn't really matter. And the race is really more of an endurance event. People run or more likely walk around a .69 mile loop at Buffalo Run Park in Missouri city, which is outside of Houston. And the idea is to get in as many loops during 55 hours in order to raise money for children's cancer research and for higher education funding for childhood cancer patients and survivors. And the story behind why it's 55 hours is just a little bit complicated. In February 2006, there was this 15-year-old girl named Chelsea Cook, and she underwent cancer surgery at Texas Children's Medical Center. And it took a record-breaking 27 hours for the operation. Two doctors performed the surgery. So here's how this works. If you multiply 27 hours times two for the two surgeons, that equals 54. And then if you add Chelsea, the patient, that equals 55 hours. So that is why. Chelsea, uh, is the inspiration, uh, for the Snowdrop Foundation. Um, sadly, she died in December of 2006, but this foundation has lived, lived on and in her memory and, uh, the memory of many children, cancer, um, survivors and patients. And, uh, and people who got their angel wings, as they put it. So, um, and you will also see photos of the children, uh, link, you know, just all around the course as you were going around it. And, um, it's, it's pretty moving and also kind of makes you not feel sorry for yourself or anything like that. So I think it's a, it's a really good cause. Um, so the event it's held, from 7 a.m. on December 30th and ends at 2 p.m. on January 1st, and individuals can register in early April. But the last two years, it's sold out in under an hour. I think the race is capped at 200 people, but I might be wrong on that, okay? That's just me. I'm not real sure, so don't quote me on that. Um, But as I've mentioned before, I attempted this 100-miler last year, but I dropped after 62 miles. And I vowed I would never try it again. So this time I signed up for a relay team with South Texas Run Strong. Well, this turned into a problem because the organizer didn't have any other runners than the two of us. And to make a long story short, I found a team called the Fun Bunch that needed another person and so I joined them. And Teresa, the team leader, was super supportive and willing to work with me um, for when I would do my leg um so on new year's eve i got to the park around 6 p.m mainly just so i could cheer on a handful of friends who were slogging through the hundred miler and i found uh our set of or their set of canopies along the path and i hung out with orly and kathy's three kids um Horacio and don because um, they would already finished and orly kathy luis and carlos were still out there circling around and these are all friends of mine from the rio grande valley which I still hold very dear in my heart. So anyway, um, I wanted to be there for everybody when they finished, um, but it was going to take a while, a long while. Don lay on a cot covered with a blanket and he was making punch drunk conversation with me. We talked about my podcast and how he enjoyed its authenticity. Thank you. And he also suggested some p- potential interviewees, something I plan to weave into the show this year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of working on the logistics of this, because as you probably know, or if you've listened any length of time, you know, I sit in my closet, my bedroom closet, um, and record this thing. (laughs) And it's not because I'm crazy. uh, It's just that the acoustics of a closet surrounded by clothing really is uh, sort of a a good environment for audio. So, but obviously I cannot invite people to come in and sit in my closet. That might be kind of weird. So anyway... <laughs> to come. We will see. Um, and then Orly came by and so we exchanged greetings and Orly's just like the brother I never had. He's hilarious. Um, and he was in really good spirits cause I hadn't, you know, he hadn't had much sleep and he can kind of get cranky on these things. Cause I've paced him a few times at, at hundred milers. And so, yeah, <laughs> but he was, really upbeat and so i was like cool and he was hoping to, to get 150 miles but at this point he was pretty happy just finishing his fifth hundred miler kathy his wife on the other hand was uncharacteristically cranky and this was her third hundo and she was frustrated though because her time wasn't better than last year and let me just tell you something about kathy kathy is probably one of the toughest runners i have ever met um she doesn't do a ton of races but man when she does she picks really long ones. And, you know, she just cranks out a 50 miler or a hundred miler and almost makes it look easy. Um, I know it's not, um, but she has never dropped from a race and she's just, um, she's just a machine. I don't know. I, I, I admire that about her. I wish I had that ability, but anyway, (laughs) uh, So, I mean, I also could relate to Kathy's feelings because one of the reasons I quit last year was because it seemed like it was taking me too long to even finish 50 miles. And so I tried making her laugh, which she did. And then Daniel, their son, kept her company and in good spirits for a while. Make sure you eat your dinner, Kathy told me in her motherly way. (laughs) Typical Kathy. The great thing about this event is that they provide really good meals and snacks throughout the duration. And as I wandered into the dining tent or as I wandered up to the dining tent, sorry, uh, I ran into Carlos, who was drinking an Ultra 55 beer, their sponsor. We hugged hello and chatted for a few moments before he went back at it. And I was a little worried about seeing him because we were running friends from when I lived in the valley, but we were also Facebook friends up until a few months ago. We do not share political beliefs, and he frequently mixed it up with my friends and I finally unfriended him when I got frustrated with his use of bad information to make a point. And that always hurts, that hurts a lot when I have to do that with people, but um, I try to be really tolerant and understanding of other people's points of view, but I just sort of, I just get really frustrated when people don't make intelligent arguments. And so, um, because I really try hard to do that, um, even if you might disagree with me. But, you know, here's the thing. Seeing him again made me realize that people are more than just their political views. I mean, I have friends of all political and religious viewpoints, and they don't necessarily need to be friends with me on Facebook. And in this case, it's better that way. And so I walked into the tent, and I immediately spotted Orly and started laughing. Of course you'd be in here eating, I said, save for the time I gave him burnt bacon and a quesadilla made with uh, American cheese before I paced him. Orly has seldom met a meal he didn't like. Yeah, when I was pacing him at his first hundred Rocky Raccoon, it was like around 10 30 p.m. and he was on his, he had just finished his third loop and I was supposed to get him through the night shift, which was, you know, my deal. I'm a talker (laughs) And I went over to the food table or, you know, the aid station table and got him some food and there was a slice of bacon and um, the aid station volunteer said, hey, there's two, why don't you take both? Cause you never know when you'll get bacon again. And so I'm like, cool, you know, and I know Orly loves bacon, but oh dear Lord, he was crabby and he wasn't feeling good. And so, yeah, thank God he was much better spirits this time. <laughs> uh, and then also Oracio and Joe were at the table And I wasn't sure how I'd be received by Joe because he was the organizer of the relay team that I had to drop out of because I contacted him a few times in the run-up to the race, um, but he never replied. And so I was just like, oh God, I don't know what's going on. And I, you know, I've already paid, you know, $150 to be part of a relay team. And so I ended up contacting the organizer and she ended up putting me in touch with the fun bunch. So that's how that happened. But Nonetheless, I broke the ice with a disarming, what happened? (laughs) Well, he had a lot going on and lost track of organizing the team. So then he ended up going out there as a one-man team and logged 50 miles. And he kept debating whether or not he should shoot for the 100, as Patty, the race director, uh, mentioned that she would give him the buckle if he did 100. But in the end, he turned in his chip and decided not to go through with the next 50, which was probably wise. And even though i had a wild wait for my turn i was never bored i was a little tired but not too bad kathy and orly finished and i saw them in and then as midnight approached i walked up to the start finish to look for teresa and she was finishing up a two-hour relay leg and i didn't know what she looked like but when i saw her team's bib on a woman coming through i waved to her and hugged her hello and as the countdown to midnight began i grabbed a tiny cup of champagne i was wearing a puffer vest and some fingerless gloves and for fun, I also wore a thread of green tiny Christmas lights around me. <laughs> it was just to kind of keep things festive, and I was not the only one out there with blinking lights and whatnot. But that lasted about two loops after it because it just got really hot. I don't know. It was. It felt cold, of course, when you're sitting around. But when she started moving, I mean, I was like sweating. I thought, okay, so I ditched my vest. I got rid of the gloves and the lights. And I hooked up my earbuds and phone and ran to a Sirius XM channel called First Wave Party Mix. And wow, it was super fun. And I managed five miles in the first hour. knew I'd better slow down or I'd fizzle out. Plus, if I didn't watch my pace, I'd end up with an ultra by 6 a.m. And in the weeks, you know, before this, uh, my mileage has been about 20 to 25 miles at best. So yeah, I didn't want to get injured. So around 2 a.m., I decided that I wanted coffee. But there was also boxes of Dunkin' Donuts nearby, so I grabbed a chocolate-frosted one with a clock face on it. Ooh, that hit the spot. And as I headed back out, I heard the announcer say Carlos's name, and that meant he was on his final lap. And he rang the purple bell, which participants do on their 144th of 145 laps. And I ran over and saw Carlos, and then I ended up walking with him the entire loop, and to be honest, I was really happy to be part of that experience. And he encouraged me to run if I wanted to, but I declined because I figured I could cruise a loop at this point. And it was really fun to watch him finish. My South Texas contingent, Luis, Horacio, Eileen, and Joe, awaited him as he crossed the finish line, and he got a shiny buckle and posed for photos. Carlos even encouraged him, um, or encouraged me to be in the photo with him. And my sports watch died not long after. I was about. 14 and a half miles and it was three thirty a.m. and my phone was starting to die. I was becoming exhausted and then I just went and ditched my phone in the tent. Luis was sitting in a camp chair with a massage device working on his legs. He still had a ways to go and I suggested that maybe he just sleep for a while and return after daylight but he didn't want to stop. And the rest of the gang slept on cots and reclining chairs and it was tempting to just sleep for a bit but I chided myself not to give in. I could do this for a couple more hours. And at this point, there were a lot fewer people on the course. Many had already finished, or others retreated to hotel rooms or their tents. I even heard some people snoring from inside their tents. Uh, And now, without the encumbrance of headphones, I chatted up a few people and laughed at myself for picking a six-hour relay shift. Most everyone was upbeat and in good spirits. And this really buoyed me. My pace was slowing, and although I ran here and there, you know, it was mainly... fast walking at best. But just before 6 a.m., I waited for Jess, my relief person, to arrive. And when I met her, she was kind of concerned about me driving back to San Antonio after being up all night. And I told her I might sleep for an hour and then head back. My guess is I got about 24 miles in. And then looking at the numbers from earlier in the night, I'm pretty sure that is correct. My right, herp, my right hip had been hurting during the last couple of hours, but once I finished, miraculously, it was better. Hmm. I think that might've been some mental stuff. And I got back to the tent and Luis was sitting in a chair using the massager. He only had a few laps left. And so I decided to stick around and just see him in and forgot about sleep. Dawn was breaking as Luis finished the race. Horacio, Joe, me and Carlos, we watched him come through. And even though we're more acquaintances than friends, he insisted I be part of the group photo. You know, this whole experience was empowering. I've had a few tough months with my running. Getting it over 20 miles made me feel more confident about doing the Rocky Raccoon 50k next month. And it was also empowering to see my friends finishing their first 100 miler, regardless of how long it took. It gave me a fresh perspective. I beat myself up or quit because I think I'm going too slow. These folks didn't quit. They stayed focused and determined. And this is a real different kind of event. Speed isn't necessarily what gets people through. It's more determination and um, like mental toughness that really is what counts. And yeah, and so, you know, last year I vowed that I would never try this again. But you know what? I am going to sign up this year because I think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I know I can do this. And I just need to keep remembering how other people got through this. And despite the fatigue and pain, just finish it. And yeah, I'm really, I'm kind of excited about this because I really thought, oh God, there's no way I'm ever going to do this again. But I don't know, being out there all night and just watching, and again, a lot of like average people, and I do mean very average people, um, do this event. And so it's not like your typical, you know, race where you've got, you know, elites. I mean, yeah, there are some elites out there, but you know, for the most part, it's just average folks. And um, you know, they take, they take sleep breaks and things like that, which I do think I'm going to do because for me, I think sleeping is kind of important and, um, I don't do real well if I, you know, stay up for way too long as it turned out. I never, I didn't really get to sleep until ooh, later that afternoon. Cause I just ended up driving back to San Antonio. Eileen needed a, a ride back to San Antonio because she was meeting her aunt, blah, blah, blah. And, um, thank God she let me talk most of the way home. I know it was just probably awful to have to sit and listen to me talk for several hours, but it did keep me awake. And it was nice to get to know her too, because I just met her last year and she's just 18 years old and uh, just started college and uh, wants to be a teacher. And yeah, so it it's, you know, I don't know. And I just, I just felt really good about being around some of my old friends and, um, it was just a really good feeling, and I really love what the Snowdrop Foundation does. I think the cause is incredibly important. Um, it's just an uplifting experience, um, and yeah, it's, it's just really a, a, a cool thing. So uh, I'm not going to encourage everyone to sign up for it because I don't want to get locked out. But in fact, I'm not even sure when the sign-up is. I just know it's early April, so haha, oh. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so this weekend I've got, I've got a lot of races coming up. I don't know what's going on with me, but I've, I don't know. I guess I had a little bit of extra money last month. And so I decided to start signing up for races. So I'm doing Bandera 25K on Sunday, which is a different day uh, than they usually have it, but that's another story. Um, I am doing Rocky Raccoon at the beginning of February. And then, um, on the 22nd of February there's a really interesting race in the valley um and I'm due for a trip down there uh it's called El Chalan and it's at Sullivan City Trails which is sort of like this it's not really like an official trail place but there's like this combination of all kinds of crazy trails and hills you know for the Rio Grande Valley it's 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 pretty rugged and and it's got some elevation and it also involves taking a trip on the ferry between US and Mexico, which is going to be interesting. So, um, yeah, so I'm gonna, I signed up for the 30K uh, for that. And that is sponsored by South Texas Run Strong, um, which is that group, of folks that I was hanging out with. Um, I'm trying to think of what other races I'm Oh, yeah, and I'm doing another 50K. I haven't signed up yet, but I'm going to. Um, I'm in a training group right now for. Uh, the Prickly Pear, which is a race at the beginning of March, um, and I'm going to attempt the 50k. I'm in a training group right now, uh, training for that 50k, and um, we'll see how that goes too, and it's held at McAllister Park, which is in San Antonio. The only part about this race that really kind of worries me a little bit is that I think there's like an eight-hour cutoff, and I'm not real sure if I'm going to be able to do that, and I've never gotten cut off in a race. So I certainly don't want to make this, you know, something that could happen. But uh, yeah, anyway, so I've got that. And then I'm trying to think of what else I've got going on. Um, seems like there's something in April and offhand. I can't remember what it is. Um, I am working uh, the aid station. I'm in charge of the aid station for the J&J race, which they've moved to March. I think it's like in mid-March. And um, yeah, and then ha ha ha. I am doing, or I'm signed up for my first out-of-state race. It's the Sugar Badger, and it's um, being run by Scott Coomer, the guy from 10 Junk Miles. Yes, he uh, is like he needs something else to do. He is in charge of this race, and it's held up in Wisconsin or Wisconsin. Um, yeah, so I'm flying into Chicago, and I'm just going to drive up there, and um I'm signed up for the 50K and it's supposed to be flat and it's at the end of May. And um, yeah, I just wanted to cross that off my bucket list and then there will probably be, well, yes, I did, I signed up. God, I signed up the other day. Sorry, aren't you excited to know all this? I signed up for um, Brazos Bend 50 miler because I got sold out of that one last year and I just want to make sure I do that because that'll be a really important tune-up run uh, for the, um, the Snowdrop. And I may do El Taco Loco uh, 50K at the end of October, although that, I may have a conflict with that, so I'm not sure yet. But anyway, that's kind of what I've got coming down the pike I'm really excited about this year, um, hoping that I can keep injuries at bay and uh, stay confident in my abilities, because um, I've had kind of a tough tough run of it. I mean, I did not run any ultras last year, and um, so... which. It's kind of unusual for me in the last several years. So, um, yeah, it's time to get back at it cause I ain't getting any younger, you know? Uh, so anyway, that's all I've got for now and I'll see you next time.